2, we're going to be turning to Psalm 119 in just a moment. You know, I've been in this sermon series about knowing Jesus, knowing Jesus. You know, and it's fitting because today we talk about uh, vision, vision. Children are dismissed at Junior Church. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Children are dismissed at Junior Church. <laughs> Jim was giving me the hand signal back there. I appreciate it. You know, it's like the, the pitcher and the, and the catcher doing the signal. So anyways, children go to Junior Church and we'll move on. You know, as we talk about Vision 2020, and we look to 2020, why do we want to be contagious Christians? Because we know Jesus, and we have a relationship with Jesus. We generally won't be contagious about something that's not important in our life. A few years ago, I started running, and at that point, I was a contagious runner. I would talk about running with anybody. I would talk about my running stories and where I was because it was exciting to my life. Now I talk about the past running because it's not as exciting in my life. Now I start running and think, how long? How long, oh Lord, do I have to keep doing this? Anyways, we share what's What's important in our life? What impacts our life? If Jesus impacts your life on a day-to-day basis, that you know him, you have a relationship with him, you are more likely to be a contagious follower of Jesus. You know, you just won't be able to contain yourself. When people talk about you, talk to you about what you got in your life and what's going on, you might say, you know, I've had some troubles, but Jesus has helped me through them. You know, and I, I've talked, I, I know that many of you do that because I talk to you during your trials and tribulations. I visited you in the hospital and you tell me, you know, I don't want to complain. Jesus has helped me, you know, in so many ways. Actually, if I can pinpoint her, Vivian just did that with me recently, talking about her husband at Oasis. And she talked to me about how much Jesus has impacted her life. You know, when Jesus... Uh, When we know Jesus, he impacts our life. We have a relationship with him. So today I want to talk about knowing Jesus through the scriptures. Knowing Jesus through scripture meditation. Meditation. Um, I came across a powerful quote by Daniel Webster that illustrates this. In the uh, presence of Professor Sanborn of Dartmouth College, Mr. Webster laid his hand on a copy of the scriptures. And Daniel Webster said this. He said, this is the book. I have read through the entire Bible many times. I now make it a practice to go through it once a year. It is a book of all others, for lawyers as well as divines, and I pity the man who cannot find in it a rich supply of thought and of rules for his conduct. It fits man for life, and it prepares him for death. You hear that? The Bible, the scriptures... Fits man for life and prepares him for death. The Bible is for lawyers, you know, the educated elite as well as the common person. The Bible, the word of God is for everyone. With that in mind, please keep turning to Psalm 119. I read the following. The anonymous psalmist who wrote this longest psalm sought refuge from his persecutors and found strength by meditating on the word of God. This psalm, the longest chapter in the Bible is largely a collection or an anthology of prayers and thoughts about God's Word. C.S. Lewis compared it to a piece of embroidery done stitch by stitch in the quiet hours for the love of the subject and for the delight in leisurely disciplined craftsmanship. This psalm contains a reference to God's Word in almost every verse. This is the longest chapter in the Bible, and it contains a reference to God's word in almost every verse, all except for verses 84, 90, 121, 122, and 132. The Jews claim that only one verse did not refer directly to God's word, 
which is verse 122, and they got even more particularized, 122.756. The psalmist used at least eight, eight synonyms for the word of God, each of which conveys a slightly different emphasis. However, sometimes it appears that the writer chose a synonym simply to avoid repetition. So, for example, you have way and you have ways, which is the Hebrew derek. It describes a pattern of life God's revelation marks out. So, you know, we're talking about knowing God, knowing God. And how can we know God? I've been talking about that. We can know God through daily devotions. We can know God through in-depth Bible study. We can know God. In a few weeks, we're going to talk about the church family. It's critical that we are with the body of Christ, praying together and studying God's word together and knowing God together. But one way to know God is to memorize and meditate on God's word. Memorize and meditate on God's word. I want to read verses 9 through 16 because that's one section in the Hebrew Old Testament. Verses 9 through 16. Psalm 119 is an acrostic. It's an acrostic. Um, Psalm 119 is sectioned off by the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. So each section begins with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So it starts with Aleph, and now we're on the Beth section, the Beth section, verses 9 through 16. And my theme and application today is challenge yourself by meditating on Scripture. Challenge yourself by meditating on Scripture. You know, I used to listen to a Christian radio program. It was called Unshackled. Have any of you heard Unshackled? A couple hands. Okay. Unshackled. I used to, used to love it. It's about the Pacific Garden Mission in Chicago, Illinois, and it would tell people's stories going back to the 1920s, 1930s, and it would begin, it was a radio drama. It would begin talking about somebody who was just down and out, living on the streets or maybe into alcohol abuse or drug abuse or whatever, and then eventually he would stumble into the Pacific Garden Mission in Chicago, and he would hear the gospel there, and he would give his life to Christ, and Jesus would turn his life around but you know it was always interesting as he as the person would stumble and come into the pacific garden mission the pastor there or pastor volunteer would talk to the person about the word of god and i would hear i remember listening i would listen on my way home from mcdonald's when i did my tribulation period there and i would listen and they would recite all the scripture you know, the messages that the pastor or pastor volunteer at the Pacific Garden Mission would give the person, it was just full of scripture, and it was memorized scripture. Uh, now, I know it was a radio program, but it was supposedly memorized scripture. I was in a, a class on world religions in seminary, and the professor said, you know, you talk to older believers, and they have lots and lots of scripture memorized. And I fear that maybe we don't focus on it as much now. Maybe it's because we can have the Bible on our phones and tablets and all these other devices. But I would encourage you, and that's a challenge, meditate on the scriptures, memorize the scriptures. Let's read this, Psalm 119, 9 through 16. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? That's a question. Here's the answer. By living according to your word. That's about God's word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. That's a plea. It's a plea. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Verse 12. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I, here's that word, meditate. I meditate on your precepts. 
and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. We read it. We're mainly going to talk about verses 9 through 11 today. Uh, You know, think about what this passage says. Hide the word of God in our heart. It says to hide God's word in our heart. You know, to me, that means to memorize it, to meditate on it. The act of hiding God's word is not to be limited, though, to the memorization of individual texts or even whole passages, but it extends to a holistic living in devotion to the Lord. A holistic living in devotion to the Lord. Other responses to God's word that the writer mentioned and that occur first in this section are rejoicing. Rejoicing in the word of God. Meditating on the word of God. Delighting in the word of God. Do you ever think about that? I mean, do you ever rejoice for God's word? Do you ever delight in God's word? I mean, do, you, do, do we get up in the morning and think, oh, I cannot wait to get into the scriptures. Give me the Bible. I can't wait. Or is it, well, I got to read. I guess I should read my, our daily bread and... Yeah, let me read a few verses too. You know, and I know we're going to have days like that, but the devil wants nothing more than to keep you away from God's word. That's what the devil wants to do, and he's going to put the pressure on you. It's going to be a cold morning, and he's going to keep you away from it. He's going to tell you, you can't memorize God's word. He's going to tell you that. You can't memorize. You're no good at it. But you know what? I believe you can. It happens. Our brains are amazing the way they can learn things. I know that because I can quote Star Trek movies that I watched when I was a kid, and I didn't even try to memorize Star Trek, okay? We can memorize, meditate on God's Word. This is the longest chapter in the Bible, and it's all about God's Word. It's all about the Bible. The Psalms have been called the Jewish hymn book. Interesting that the longest is all about God's Word. You know, we have, this is really interesting, we have Psalms in the book of Psalms that they would sing on their way to Jerusalem for feasts. They were called Psalms of Ascent. Psalms 120 through 134 were called Psalms of Ascent. They would sing them on their way to Jerusalem. And is it interesting? It's interesting to me that Psalm 119 is right before the Psalms of Ascent. Psalm 119 in the Psalter is right before the Psalms they would sing on their way to Jerusalem. I believe meditating on the scriptures is pivotal, pivotal in worship. You know, there are verses in Psalm 119 that are specific about praise. Psalm 119, 164. Seven times a day I praise you for your righteous laws. Go home and apply that. Are we praising the Lord for his righteous laws? Maybe sometimes if we like the law. Maybe other times, No. Consider this. The psalmist is praising God for his righteous law. The law is the word, the Bible. In fact, terms used for the word, or what would be, what would be called the Bible, are this. There's seven of them. Law, testimonies, precepts, statutes, commandments, rules, and word. They're all used in Psalm 119. The scriptures are our base in our spiritual life. They are our guide. They are our foundation. And, you know, I don't know a lot about building and stuff like that. It's really not my cup of tea. But I worked at Lowe's for a year and a half, and I worked in the paint department. I went through a paint certification class. At that Valspar paint certification class, I learned that 90% of the problems with painting are lack of surface preparation. They said 90% of good painting is surface preparation. And you know what's funny? If I paint now, 
I hate service preparation. I would rather just skip that and get the paint on the walls. But 90%, and that's why Megan doesn't let me paint. It works quite well. 90% of painting is foundation. The Bible is our base in our spiritual life. The Bible is our foundation in our spiritual life. Again, I'm not a good builder, but I've dug holes for foundations before. I've helped build uh, decks and, and other parts of houses and things like that. And when you get out that post hole digger, it's, it's a PhD. So if you have a post hole digger, you can rightly say that you have a PhD. My dad tells me he has two PhDs. Anyways, post hole diggers. So anyways, when you dig... <laughs> As opposed to a doctorate, okay? So, anyways, so when you dig, you have to dig something like two feet. To properly build a foundation, you have to dig something like two feet. The foundation is critical to the building. And the Bible is critical to our life. The Bible is our foundation in our spiritual life, in our walk with God. There was a wonderful family in my youth ministry in Cincinnati, and I was bothered a number of years ago when that family posted or linked an article on Facebook. And the article said something like, seven things I wish Christians admitted about the Bible. And then the article went to compromise the Bible. The, the article went to take down the Bible, not to, you know, pump up the Bible. And I didn't like that. The more I study, the more I read, the longer I'm a Christian, I am realizing that every word of the Bible has great value and great meaning. Jesus responded to the devil's attacks with the scriptures, and he responded three times with the scriptures. Jesus knew the word of God so well that when the devil came tempting him, he responded with the word of God. You know what's interesting, by the way? If you read the temptation accounts, it shows the devil knows the Bible too. The devil quoted the Bible to Jesus. The devil misquoted the Bible. The devil did not include the whole quote, but he knew it. And you and I must be on guard. Ephesians 6, 10 to 12 talks about spiritual warfare. The best defense and offense against the devil is the word of God. Jesus knew the word of God so he could respond with the word of God. And we need to do the same. We must do the same. The word is the only offensive weapon against the enemy. And I believe the Bible leads us into worship. As you study the Bible, as you meditate on the Bible, it makes us worship. How can we study the Bible, study the promises of God, and not worship the one those promises are about? I believe the Bible is written about a big God, a sovereign God, an amazing God, an awesome God, the one and only Lord of all creation. Tony Campolo is a writer and speaker, and he once, confronted, he once was confronted by an atheist. An atheist confronted Tony Campolo, and the atheist said, For me to believe in God, I have to have a God that I can understand. And Tony Campolo replied, God refuses to be that small. You ever think about that? We all want to understand God, and it compromises our faith. Listen, if we can understand God, God is not that big and great. He is far beyond us. The Bible leads us into prayer. The Bible leads us into worship. The Bible is our foundation for our Christian life. The Bible leads us into prayer. In Eugene Peterson's book called Answering God, he makes a strong case that we only pray well if we are immersed in Scripture. We learn our prayer vocabulary the way children learn their vocabulary. And that is by getting immersed in language and then speaking it back. 
Children learn their vocabulary by immersed, being immersed in language and then speaking it back. We learn our prayer vocabulary by being immersed in the scriptures, immersed in the word of God. So we need to have the word of God, the Bible in our head, and we do that by meditation. Let's walk through the passage uh, briefly. Verse 9 is a question and an answer. Verse 9 is a question and an answer. How can a young person keep his way pure? By living according to the word. He asks the question, he answers. By the way, this is preventive. It's preventive. How can I stay pure? Not what do I do when I have messed up. This is preventive. A young person can stay pure by keeping his or her life according to the word of God. What does it mean to be pure? The verb translated as pure always means a moral sense. It can mean to be justified, to be righteous before God, to be clean in the sight of God. Don't we all want to be right in God's sight? Don't we all want to be righteous, pursuing righteousness, pursuing you know, sanctification, growing in our spiritual life? Psalm 51 is what David wrote after his sin with Bathsheba. David, the king of Israel, had sinned by committing adultery and then murder. And in verse 2 of that psalm, David says, Wash away all my iniquity and purify me from my sin. David wanted to be pure. Wash away all my iniquity and purify me from my sin. Psalm 51 was written after David had sinned. Psalm 119 is about the way to be pure, the way not to sin. How can a young person keep his or her way pure? Living according to God's word. There's something unsaid in this verse. It is implied and will be stressed more in verse 11 and the rest of the psalm. A young person or anyone for that matter, regardless of age, can only live according to God's word if they know it. We have to take advantages of the word of God given to us. Think of the Bible as a filter for your life. I've had aquariums for half of my life. An aquarium needs a filter. The filter takes the impurities and cleans the water. The filter is incredibly important for the aquarium. It gives a proper pH balance, a proper bacteria balance, you know, a proper uh, alkaline balance, a pop, proper everything. The filter is important. You need the filter for an aquarium. In the same way, the Bible, the Word of God is the filter for your Christian life. As you see things and hear things and observe things, as you encounter things, you filter them with the Word of God. But it's not enough to take our filter, and uh, many, times we, many times we let our filter sit on the shelf. Our filter is the Bible. It sits on the shelf. Someone said, um, the, you know, the biggest dust storm would happen in the United States if everybody took their Bibles off their shelves at the same time. You know, many times we let our Bibles, our filters sit on the shelf. We need to take them off the shelf. We need to read them and we need to meditate on it. We need to memorize them. In the original language, the text says, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding his way by the word of God. The NIV says, by living according to your word. It's different though. The Hebrew is more the idea of guarding. The Bible is your guard for your spiritual life. It envisions, back in the Old Testament days, they had watch people who would stand on the city wall and watch for invaders. That's the word of God. It's like a watchman on a city wall guarding your life, guarding your life. The word of God is our guard. Meditating on scripture is the way to a pure life. From the Hebrew word meditate, we get our English word ruminate. 
From the Hebrew word meditate, we get our English word ruminate. And it literally means to chew the cud. The idea, the, the, the Hebrew language was very picturesque, a lot of imagery. And so the idea here is like a cow that chews and rechews the cud to extract all the nutrients from it. So when we meditate on God's word, we are ruminating on God's word. We are chewing on it again and again and again to extract all the nutrients out of a passage. And let me tell you, there are a lot more nutrients in one verse than we usually realize. Now notice in verse 10, the psalmist changes from a young man to himself. He says, I seek you. How much does the psalmist seek the Lord? With every bit of his being, with his whole heart. This verse has two parts. The first part is a statement of what he is doing, and the second part is a plea. I seek you with all my heart. And then he says, in the second part, please do not let me stray from your commands. Please do not let me stray from your commands. Do we want to say the same thing? Do we have a fear of sin and a respect for the holiness of God? Do we want to seek the Lord with all of our heart and plead to Him and cry out to the Lord and say, don't let me stray. I don't want to stray. I've been there before. I don't want to go there again. I don't want to go down that road again. Help me to seek you, Lord. Help me not to stray from your commands, Lord. It's a crying plea. There seems to be a fear of falling away, a fear of backsliding. Verse 11 comes back to the preventive idea. It is simply a short sentence. Your word I have hidden in my heart. This means meditating on it, thinking about it when you drive or do other monotonous tasks, memorizing it. Why did he hide the word in his heart? So he doesn't sin against the Lord. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. Your word I have hidden in my heart, so I do not sin against you. The word of God is that filter. The word of God is the key to worship. The word of God is the key to spiritual growth. The word of God is the, is the key to a pure life. First, we read the scriptures. Then we memorize them. And then we meditate on them. It's a way to sin-free living. The Bible is illegal in many countries. In many countries, they just want a copy of the word of God. It hasn't even been translated Today, I looked at something called the Joshua Project, which is about unreached people groups, and it, it told me a country to pray for in India, a people group to pray for in India. It's over one million people. The Bible is likely not even in their language. We have the Word of God. It's a treasure. Meditate on it. Memorize it. Verse 15, Psalm 119, verse 15. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. How do we do it? Here's some, here's some ideas. Make it your goal to memorize the Word. Choose a modern translation. A modern translation is going to be easier to memorize and meditate on than one where you have to figure out what it's actually saying. Select a verse relative to your needs, your life. If you select a, a verse that's relative to your needs, life, you will memorize it so fast because it hits you so hard right away. Read a passage several times to understand the full meaning. Make sure you understand what it's saying. List the verbs. Verbs are, verbs are action words. List the verbs in order, asking yourself, what happens next? You know, what happens next? Take apart the passage. Visualize a sequence of events. Carry memory cards. By the way, it's extremely easy to do that now. You could even take a picture of the verse and put it on your phone and make it the screensaver for your phone, the wallpaper, so every time you turn on your phone, you see that verse. Say it several times throughout the day. Strive for word-perfect memorization. If you don't get it perfect, no big deal. 
Practice reciting to a friend. Now that's a big deal. When you practice reciting with a friend, you can hold each other accountable. Remember, you will learn it if you just keep ruminating on the passage. If you keep ruminating on it, chewing the cud, think about that, taking all the nutrients out of it, you will learn it. I drink coffees most days of the week. I drink coffee. Did I say coffees? I drink coffee most days of the week. I drink coffees too. I like coffee, so it's in the evening, it's in the morning, it's in the afternoon. Coffee is probably my favorite drink. But you know, I do not like it when I get to the bottom of the cup of the coffee and I look at the bottom and I see all these coffee grounds in the coffee. Grounds are like dirt. I do not want dirt in my coffee, okay? You know, we have something, it's called a coffee filter. The filter takes out the dirt. You all, all of us, we have a filter for our life and it's the Bible, it's the Word of God. The Bible is to take the dirt, the grounds out of your life, okay? Those impurities. I challenge you, be in the word so can use the word that way. So the Lord can use his word to give you a close walk with him in the way to pure living. So here's, a, here's your homework. This week, go home and try to memorize Romans 12, 1 through 2, if you haven't yet. Romans 12, 1 through 2. If you don't want to go with two verses first, go with one verse. Go to Romans 12, 1. Try to memorize it in the next week. Then come back to me. I'll give you another scripture passage. Here's another idea. Maybe there's a group of you. Maybe the people you sit with or Sunday school or people you know. Maybe you want to hold each other accountable and say, let's do this together this next week. That's letting the body of Christ be the body of Christ. Romans 12, 1 through 2. Such a powerful passage. Paul urges the brethren to make their bodies living sacrifices, holy and pleasing, which is their reasonable service of worship. He tells them not to, be, not to be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of their mind. How do we renew our mind? In the word of God. Back to the Bible. On that note, let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word, which is just a treasure for us. And Lord God, I ask that you will help us all, meditating on the word of God, memorizing the word of God, taking your word seriously. Lord God, as people go home, I pray that this will be something where they truly do try to go a step further, memorizing your word. And of course, meditating on your word, making your word a part of their lives. Lord God, we need your spirit to help and guide and support us all the time. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Our closing.